What's up, peeps? Before you get into the episode, just a quick message. Did you know that Rebranded Safety is brought to you by Risk Fluent? Rebranded Safety is essentially our campaign to achieve our purpose, which is to make the working world better by Rebranded Safety one interaction at a time. We value a people-centered approach that delivers positive impact on the risk. We deliver three types of services, technical, transformational, and fire. It's the last show I wanted to talk to you about. If you value what we value and you want some support driving a culture change or decluttering your safety systems, or you want to improve human performance and it's our transformational support that can help you, or maybe you want a highly experienced registered fire risk assessor to carry out an assessment on your building, design an emergency plan or review the fire safety design for your new building, then it's our fire support service that can help you. But before you get in touch with us, it's important that you want to have impact on the actual risk and you value a people-centered approach. If you don't, that's fine. You'll find someone that can help you. But if you do value those, then get in touch with us at riskfluentltd.com or email me, james, at riskfluentltd.com. But for now, I'll let you get into the episode. This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The problem in safety isn't deviation, it's complexity. Health and safety has gone mad. Health and safety is trying to unpick having gone mad in the past. There's no one solution and one problem. The problem is that we are looking for one solution. Does the structure of the team allow them to flourish? Feel safe enough to be uncomfortable. The environment defines our behaviours. People aren't the problem, they're the solution. Rebranding safety, crushing a stereotype. Brought to you by Risk Fluent. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've got that. Can you hear that? Oh, that's, that's, that's interesting. Can Hopefully everyone can hear us. Can you hear us? Yeah. Nice one. Hello, everyone. My name's James McPherson. Thanks for coming along having, uh, and joining us with this interesting setup. Um, so make sure you keep these on. Um, we're going to have a chat uh, about safety and its identity crisis. If you don't know me, I'm James McPherson from a company called Risk Fluent. But we also run a podcast and YouTube channel called Rebranding Safety. And it's being recorded live today. So we're going to put this out on the podcast. And we want to try and encourage all of you to get involved. So at any point throughout the, this chat, you've got a question, a comment, an opinion, shove your hand up, someone will come along and give you a microphone and you can get involved and you'll be on the podcast. Joining me today, we've got Elisa Lynch from K4 Consultancy, Simon Cassin from Ouch uh, Training and Steph Cam from CBRE. We are going to do something slightly different. We have four questions. If you follow me on LinkedIn, you'd have seen them this morning. We have four questions. They are chunky questions. They're not, they're not easy questions, but hopefully it will challenge the way we think about our role. And I'm literally going to randomly select these. So we thought this was a really good idea on Zoom. Now we're here in front of people. We think not so much a good idea, <laughs> but we'll find out in a moment. Which one do we want to go for? Are you going to do the language warning before we oh, start? Oh, right. Yeah, okay. If you don't know me and Elisa, we do have a bit of a potty mouth. So there is a bit of a bet going on as to who's going to swear and get thrown out first, me or Elisa. Tenor's on, Perry will take your bets for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we start, let's get into it then. If I can hopefully open one of these. If we get through all of these, great. If we get through any one of them, we'll see where the conversation takes us. But we're starting with... Oh, that's a nice one to start with. We're starting with what type of cognitive diversity does safety need and where could we get it from? 
So cognitive diversity, different ways of thinking, diverse thoughts and so on. So who wants to go first? Who's got an opinion on? Well, the big question is, James, oh, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, cool. The big question is, James, have you brought your book with you? No, <laughs> I actually haven't. Somebody borrowed it. Ah, so yeah. James has a, a book that he always refers to when he talks about cognitive diversity. Do you want to do you want to mention it? Of course, it my good out. friend Matthew Syed, not really my friend. I wish he was. Uh, he's a very big, um, popular person nowadays. But he wrote a book called Rebel Ideas. If you haven't read it, make sure you do read it. It's a great book. Uh, loads of different case studies around cognitive diversity and getting different thoughts and why potentially I think of that like a risk management tool now and I use it with my clients quite a lot about you know we, who are we talking to we, we all talk about talking to the shop floor a lot of the time about their job but do we talk about maybe talking to customer services about how we're going to drive the plan and stuff like that so yeah Rebel Ideas big book for me I, I have a thought on that book on. I also am a big fan I think he's ace yeah alright Throughout the book, he talks about great wisdom of philosophers yeah. and then talks about things like getting groups together to work through ideas. But there's no philosophers. In and that it, book. So we think philosophy is brilliant and we're going to put a team together and we miss out the philosophers. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Do you uh, think in general in safety, philosophy is missing as well? I know we talk about it a lot, but... Well, all you've got to ask yourself is, what is philosophy? It's about thinking and knowledge. What element of health and safety wouldn't benefit from thinking better yeah. and understanding what knowledge is? Yeah, yeah. The whole concept of health and safety is a philosophical concept. Yeah. It's to do with ethics, yeah. which is a philosophical discussion. Yeah. It's not a business management discussion. Yeah. It's a philosophical discussion. Mm. And in our industry, to my knowledge, we can't even think like that. Mm. So I think... That is, if, if, I, if it's like an imaginary world of adding something to the pot of cognitive diversity, I would like to add philosophical thinking and reasoning. Right, yeah, yeah. If, I, if it's, there's that magical pot there, I'm putting mine in there. Yeah. So do you think like looking for people with like, say, uh, a philosophical educational background, so like people haven't necessarily maybe done an engineering degree, but maybe done a philosophy degree, trying to get them to come in or say to them, safety could be a potential career choice for you maybe? Uh, definitely. Yeah. What, what I would like is, I'd like these people here to go away and start to look at things from a philosophical perspective. Yeah. There'll be some of you who'll take to it, and what we really want is a thousand and ten thousand people in the world who can think philosophically, asking questions about health and safety. Mm. I don't expect somebody who's done a three-day health and safety course to do a philosophy degree. That's nonsense. Yeah. But then what we need to do is, is we need to share that learning and wisdom in a way, at a level, that is appropriate. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I think. Yeah. And I could be talking nonsense, but no. there you go. No, it wouldn't be the all. first time. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've got um, quite a practical example of where we tried to bring in some cognitive diversity into the workplace. So I was in the really fortunate position um, two to three years ago, just, just before the pandemic, um, where the organisation I worked for at the time was looking to recruit uh, an, a, almost a brand new health and safety team. Um, and I think the, the kind of usual way of thinking would be to go, it was in the property sector, it was in construction, so I think you would normally think to go and look for that skill set. Yeah. Um, but what we did is we were given that freedom to really think differently and we, we did employ somebody from the pharmaceutical industry, somebody from highways, 
um, somebody from a construction background to add that knowledge in. Um, we had a few environmental health officers in the team. And yes, you don't often get that opportunity to start from scratch, but the benefits it brought were absolutely incredible. You know, you really got people viewing things from different perspectives. Um, also, different risk tolerance, I think, is mm, really important. Yeah. Um, so you don't all have people who are risk averse the whole time. You have those risk takers as well in that mix. So that really was great and, and brought great benefit to the organization. Yeah. Cool. Any thoughts on cognitive diversity? No, not at all. No. <laughs> no, look, I think, yeah, to Steph's point about um, even looking at people from different industries, like if we go, is there enough con cognitive diversity in safety? Yeah. As if like safety is just this homogenous blob, which yeah. obviously it isn't. And so if, yeah, you've got like maritime construction, all these, nuclear, all these things, and what really fucks me off. <laughs> hey, hey. How much was that? Well, there were lots. <laughs> Still to get it out of the way, lads. The nerves, it's going to get worse. But um, what really does annoy me is this thing of oh we're looking for somebody with this amount of experience from this one industry and not ever looking at people yeah. in different even within safety yeah. so like you look at people if they're like working in safety and aviation if we took someone like that and then put them into construction like the results could be unreal and yeah. we just don't do that it's like you yeah. wouldn't even apply if you haven't been in the industry before yeah. so that's rubbish yeah and, and i mean just thinking of that yeah oh, sorry Matt. just thinking of that example um I'm like a massive friend and fan of, of Adam Johns. I was just thinking of him. him. And I love him and he hates how much I mention his name. <laughs> um, but ultimately, he's from an aviation background. So he, his background is aviation safety. He's now working in rail. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then he, the head of safety is from like run airports, but essentially is a safety background, like a traditional our normal health and safety background. You combine those two worlds together, you know, with a mixed bag team like, like you were giving an example there, Steph. What a phenomenal mm. little power team that's going to create. Go on, Simon. Um, why, do, why don't we have safety art? Why don't we get artists involved and sculptures and people poets? Why not? Yeah. I, I don't know what those people are, but they probably think differently than I do, and I'm quite open to that. Yeah. So yeah. why don't we? Why don't we get them in? Um, I've got artists in the family, and they do think differently. Yeah. Um, why not? Why has it got, got to be just safety? And I know there's a group, and I'm sorry, I, I may say it wrong, is it called Lockyer, where they, they get young yeah. children involved Locker in. Lockyer Project. That, that, oh, what yeah. a great idea. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. They're, they've not been tainted with all those biases and, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. Um, and that's really cool. Can I just yeah. say one other thing? Go on. So, and I'll shut up then. Um, so, the, the thing as well is, is that we have to be careful of a thing called epistemic injustice. Right. So what that means is, and this word. is, uh, honestly, it's really simple. It means two people speak. When one person speaks, we think the value of what they've said is more valuable than if another person speaks. Mm. Mm. Okay, yeah. And, yeah. and so what we're doing is we're judging the value of the comment based on our perception of the person, yeah. Yeah. not the value of the comment. Yeah, yeah. Philosophy stops you doing that. Yeah. It says, what's your argument? Not yeah. who are you? Yeah. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Give me your argument. And you can really apply that to safety, especially if, Definitely. like, you know, people on the shop floor or whatever, and it's like, oh, well, you're not safety, so it's like, you're doing the fucking job. Obviously, yeah. I want to take your opinion, like, is the most important yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. And, and, and that kind of ties quite closely to some of this really popular now, right, like psychological safety. Like, again, coming back to Rebel Ideas book, but, like, there's a really good, you can just Google it, Rebel Ideas, and you go onto images, and you'll see, like, a blue box and then loads of different... Uh, blue boxes. And it gives an example there of like uh, a team of rebels, but with no 
with no framework, nothing to achieve, and it's just a mess. Then you've got a team of, of, of rebels that really are not in a kind of psychologically safe environment, maybe like a really overpowering leader. They just become clones, so they stop being cognitively diverse and so on. So, like, to your point, we need to also create psychological safety where we feel comfortable to challenge and, and bring up ideas, but then also not have that hierarchical kind of, like, my idea is not as good as you because I'm not chartered, for example, and you are. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of other stuff around this more than just let's just go get loads of diverse people in the group like you've got to do that and then enable it um, I think that's really important can I ask this lot a question you go I don't know whether they'll answer yeah, but can you put your hand up if you've had any formal critical thinking training that's a big zero uh, if I brought along like a tumbleweed that would have been really good <laughs> can, can I ask you another question how much of your value you bring to your businesses requires thinking? Put your hand up if it requires thinking. Uh, there's a problem! <laughs> <laughs> there it is! That's it, it's there. There we go. A big thing you taught me actually, Simon, <laughs> about two years ago, this, this weird guy here rang me and just like verbally abused me for about an hour. Like <laughs> philosophy, and I was just like, what the hell, I'm not getting this guy on the podcast. Uh, thank God I did. Um, and, and one of the big things you kind of taught me was like having an idea and kind of challenging it. Even if you love that idea, like you've read a book and you're like, this book is amazing, really critically kind of challenging that. And when you have your own ideas, coming up with arguments for and against, um, and I actually did a workshop digitally the other day and, and got a group of people to do that. Like, pick the idea that you like the most and come up with argument for and against. And they all nailed the for because it was an idea they loved, right? But, but getting them to think about against, like go against your own, own idea, it was phenomenal. And cool. I, I now do that as a common practice. I come cool. up with a great idea and I argue myself out of it. And if it's still good, then off we go. Well, that's Socrates, mate. Yeah. Go right back to Socrates. That's yeah. what Bad he did. Socrates. Why do we think that's why do we think that's that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Should we nail another question? Yeah, yeah, let's go it. for another let's one. Oh, these are the big ones now. The only ones that are left are the big that was the nice one. Oh yeah, this was the one I wanted. <laughs> this was the one I wanted. Is safety narcissistic? So I'd like to give a little shout out for this question to a man called Stuart Hughes. Uh, if you don't know him, the vice president of IOSH, and he started writing blogs again, um, and they're really, really good. And he has, a, he has a blog on this exact topic, is safety narcissistic? We're having things like not just having a walk around the work, it has to be a safety walk. Not just having a talk with people, it has to be a safety talk and so on and so forth. So who wants to give an opinion on, on <laughs> is safety narcissistic? Okay, I, so I read uh, Stuart's article, and I have to say, after reading it, I just I went back into the workplace, and it was everything. Yeah. Like you say, it was every single training had the word safety at the front, and I know it's important to identify it, but equally, if we perhaps drop that and just talk about training, and we talk about, um, in my new company, we do a safety moment at the beginning of every single meeting. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here representing, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Um, but can it just be a moment to talk about something in business? I, you know, I, I understand it's about bringing safety to the forefront of your mind, but it does become a bit cliched. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting if you go back into your workplace, just think about how many times you do actually just say the word safety. Yeah. And mm. that's where maybe the, you know, narcissism is a big title and there's, you know, yeah. some bad connotations that come with it. But it's like um, a natural... A bit more, it's, yeah, self-obsessed, I'd say. We're yeah. quite self-obsessed yeah. Yeah. yeah I think as well when I read the question of narcissism actually the word like arrogance really sprung to mind for yeah. me yeah. and it was like oh Christ we can be really bad at it. and I'm absolutely including myself in this yeah. I have been that dickhead walking around the workplace <laughs> but like I think there there is definitely a level a level of arrogance and it especially for me is around the word educate lads it makes my skin crawl it's like I'm going to educate the workforce like are you like if somebody came to my job and was like I'm here to educate you I'd be like back off F off (laughs) like yeah it really and it's like and you'd hear a lot of safety people go like I'm an educator it's like yeah but are you though like are you are you a qualified educator if you are great if there's qualified educators you're brilliant but definitely teach us a thing or two and there's a difference between obviously education and training but I just think, yeah, there is definitely a level of arrogance of I'm going to go out and I'm going to impart all of my knowledge. Yeah. And I would just say maybe next time you feel like going out and educating, pump the brakes and maybe go out and learn. Like yeah. ask instead of tell. There's, that really would be the thing for me when it yeah. comes to... There's like, um, it's like a natural goal conflict in the two, isn't there? Like we're like, oh, safety this and safety that and safety this. And then what are you trying to achieve? Oh, I'm just trying to get everyone to think about safety as part of operations. Or maybe just stop talking about safety and start talking about operations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. S- Simon, you must, you, you must have something to say about I that. I have something to say about almost everything. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, there are bits that, you see, we're not going to talk about this, but if we could understand um, things like the relationships of ideas and we could understand how language is formed mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, we could look at Wittgenstein, which we're not going to do that, yeah. okay, we could look at this differently about the word safety, and I've not made any comment on that, so I'm not going to. So, I'm, But my point I'm saying is we can't discuss this. Yeah. We can't really discuss whether we should use the word safety or not because we don't really understand the relationship between words and ideas. We don't really get it. Mm. So you can't even have the conversation. Yeah. You just go, I mean, how many times do we go, I think, having never thought? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just... Well, why do you do that? Yeah. Because that's what we do. So, so you're kind of like the thought process would be that you've tried to come up with for and against and you've created, but actually you don't do that. When we say, oh, I think it's actually just an opinion in that moment. It's yeah. kind of what, yeah. Something pops in your head and you go, yeah, it kind of seems all right. Yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah. yeah. So the, the bit that might be relevant to this is, is a concept called intellectual humility, right. which I know we've talked about before. Yeah. So that's really cool. It's a really interesting idea. And, and what I like about it as well is, because I've done a little bit of study in psychology as well, I did whatever, um, and, and it's a relationship between philosophy and psychology, which I think is brilliant. Okay, and basically it says this, these different types. But if we look at the doxastic, if anyone's writing it down, D-O-X, no one's writing uh, it down, mate. I that see no is. Oh, he is actually. Doxastic. Oh, what a mate. Okay, this is the doxastic you, view get the of notes intellectual off you <laughs> And basically it says this, that can we get the balance where we understand, okay, that what we think we know is as important as we think it is. Right, yeah, yeah. Okay, and actually look at, when, um, actually look at our depth of knowledge. So yeah. how much do we know? And what we do know, how valuable is it? Yeah. Now, if we could do that, it would be in some way an antidote to being narcissistic. Yeah. 
mm. kind of overlapping on one of the other topics that are in here. I think they're two very close topics here. Like, and there's something you said there, like, is it as a, is what we think as important as what we think it is? Yeah. Is safety as important as what we think it is? There is no time. We don't have enough time. <laughs> this is limited. <laughs> is it your first priority, James? Well, that's what I mean, right? So we talk about safety first a lot of the time. That feels... Gives it, me the ick. I'm not going to lie, lads. It's, a, it's a, Yeah, it, for me, that's a bit ick when I feel that. But I understand the notion of it. I understand what they're trying to say. But I just feel like... Is it first? Can it ever really be first? But it's a lot. So we're talking about all of this stuff, a critical thinking, like let's bring it back to what we're actually trying to do in a job. One, do we know what we're trying to do? What is safety? What are we actually trying to achieve? Or what is health and safety? And in the wider context of, of the business, is it that important? Is it? And I'm not saying it is or isn't, because there might be some people who be like, hang on a minute, what we're talking about actually accepting that we're hurting people. But like critically, can we ask ourselves that question? How important are we? I've worked for quite a few businesses and not one of them had safety on the board. So clearly the business doesn't see it as that important. That sounds very narcissistic. You think you should be on the board just because you're in safety? I'm just asking the question. <laughs> so, well, well, is it that, do you want to move on? Do you want to throw the question out there? Or? Yeah, do. See, see what the crew think. Come on. So, Come on. Is safety, has anyone got an opinion on how important safety is or safety being first? Is it first? Raise your hand if you think safety should be the first priority of the organisation. One, One, two, two, three. I feel like really bad for doing this now Four. because yeah, like, we already if I was that them. person, we, yeah, I feel really bad We now. did that the wrong way around. I mean, what, why do, if you don't mind, why do you think it, it comes first over everything else in the organisation? Bear in mind there's no right or wrong. Okay, but on the first principle, dead and sick workers make no progress. Oh, okay. Like Fair point. Yeah. Anyone else who raised their hand want to say what, why we think it's first? Five, four, three, two, one. No, Grant, thank you very much. Um, essentially, like, I get the notion of it. I mean, I don't know if anyone else wants to come in on this. I understand it, and I think that's a really good point. If they're not at work because they've lost a leg or they're ill, you know, we're not getting anything out of them. And I've said a lot of times, safety is just efficient. It's good business, right? Mm. But, like, is it... Is it more important? I suppose that's a better question. Is it more important? Not as important, is it more important than accounts, branding, marketing, and so on? Yeah. I had um, a CEO at a previous company, and you know, he said that phrase to me a few times, you know, safety first, safety's our number one priority. Um, and I think it's just a phrase, a well-known phrase that trips off the tongue, and I don't think he meant any harmed by it but when I just said to him well what you know why tell me what that means tell me what that means to you tell me what it means to the organization he really had to stop and think because he, could, yeah. he couldn't really answer the question other than you know yes we don't want anyone injured yeah. but he couldn't tell me why he felt it was the priority yeah. over having a successful business yeah. and then we discussed you know safety is the kind of the how you have a successful business mm. but maybe not the why mm. yeah. Yeah. I think if we think about like I'm, you know how much of a massive fan I am of Carsten Bush. Yeah, um, but if fan we, boy. Yeah, huge, like bigger than Matthew Syed. But if we were to take his <laughs> kind you. of notion of, of culture and how culture builds and how we, we kind of design the culture that we want, think about as well Dave Snowden, who's a big kind of, I don't know, academic type person. And they, they kind of talk about culture being like a development over time of our interactions, right? So that means that every single time, if we say safety first, every single time we have an interaction where safety is not first, that's a vote against 
that notion. Yeah. So it just devalues it every single time. So I'm not saying it is or isn't first. What I'm saying is let's just not say it and let's just run a business. Just do it. And yeah, just, like, let's just do it, yeah. right? And not be a platitude, which I think is quite nice to move on to another one because we might be talking about platitudes in a minute. We <laughs> might not. Alisa's very nervous oh, about Jesus one Christ. of the questions that are in here, <laughs> which is sure. her question. It's not a question. Well. I'm not answering it. Uh, I really want it to come out because it is a clangor of a question. <laughs> oh, you're so lucky. You're so lucky. So we just spoke about platitudes, so this is a nice segue. Is safety powered by platitudes, essentially? Have we got way too many platitudes? Do we do, we do as much evidence-based stuff as we think we do? Evidence for me could be case studies, legal case studies, actually looking at what the judge's decision is, or the scientific side. A group of scientists gone out and said, we've done loads of research and this works and this doesn't. You know, I think you could listen to Safety of Work podcast and they've got a really good one on high visibility jackets. Mm -hmm. And actually the evidence says they don't work. Should the HSC are sitting over there, we should go talk to them about their manual we handling should. science that says we it should. don't work, guys. Manual handling training by the HSE says it doesn't work, mm -hmm. yet we still do it. So we're like, but we I, all, let's just all go over now, W Rage. I feel uncomfortable <laughs> removing it. Which, I mean, removing that is like, it feels weird, right? And yeah. I think the HSE would be pissed off as well if we got rid of it. Yeah. Um, but, so how do we how do we become more evidence based? Like, are we too powered by platitudes? Has anyone got any any kind of thoughts? But the, the, go on. The first thing we need to do is to do, try and understand what the platitude is trying to get across. Mm. What's its message? Yeah. And then we look at its message and say whether that message is logical, yeah. whether it, it's been thought through, whether it's attached to something. Um, you know, I'm not going to talk, I, I, we could talk, I could talk all day about the concept of zero harm. Um, um, and, and I actually could make, I can make a reasonable argument for it. Yeah. But it's a philosophical argument yeah. and the, I've never heard one. So they're missing out. Those yeah. people who are into all that, get in touch and it'll help you create a philosophical argument in favour of it. Yeah. Because um, just a simplistic platitude doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Yeah. And then what happens is the underlying meaning, which isn't attached to anything, anything of substance, it just people just go, what? And they either go for it or they don't. Yeah. We need to understand as well, platitudes will influence, generally will influence emotion yeah. rather than thinking. I feel like this, therefore I think this way. Yeah. That's how they tend to work. Mm. Okay. But really, do we want to live our, make, you know, think about our health and safety worlds based on how we feel? Mm. I'm not saying it's not important, because it is. There's a lot of emotion in safety, though, mm. isn't there? Mm. Like, when you said that, I was like, do you know what? That's so much of the stuff that we do and say is emotional. Yeah. It's trying to hit, hit those things. You've been very quiet, Elisa. Come on. Me? Yeah, come on. What do you think about platitudes? Hey, platitudes. Stop with the platitudes and off with the platitudes. That's it. Oh, that's all I've so what, what do we think of a platitude? What is a platitude? What is a platitude? So you kind of define it there as something maybe that it's not actually having any, any impact maybe or it's not something tangible? So, so my understanding of a platitude is, say, is like saying the bleeding obvious. Right, yeah. Um, it's like, can you imagine this? If you said to your, your family every morning at breakfast, if, if family said have breakfast in this Truman-like world, you know, <laughs> And we all sit around and we all have breakfast and say, oh, what are you going to do today? And we all said, oh, yeah, don't forget, we need to have a love you moment. Love you. <laughs> and then we all went off. How many times would we say that? We go, really? Yeah. Really? It's a platitude. Yeah. Mm. It's, and 
you know, and, and I think we can find lots of examples of them. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying we shouldn't say reinforce things that are important, I'm not saying that at all, mm. but just routinely just saying the same thing, the same thing. Yeah. To be honest, it's boring if nothing else. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, mm. I don't know. Let's, yeah. I think, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I no, I'm just going to add. It. I was just going to say, you know, I think it's about finding those messages that you do repeat on a daily basis or you do repeat on a weekly, monthly basis, and just put some emotion into it, make it real, link it to something that's really happened, and make it realistic. Yeah. And then I think it hits home to that person, and the message feels like you mean it. Yeah. I think whereas if it's just that sort of rhetoric and it just rolls off the tongue because you're used to saying it every Monday. Um, just doesn't mean anything and it doesn't land people don't listen so yeah. I always try and tag on that story or the emotion to a message I'm giving yeah well, like there's it's, it's, it's interesting because if you look at kind of um, again Dave Snowden's work he talks about when you're working in kind of really complex environments he, he uses heuristics as he says which basically like one-liners that can help you solve problems so it might be like coming up to that point of no return in the process and be and always saying to yourself have we done this or don't or think about this or something like that's a heuristic in what they say that could very easily quite quickly become a platitude mm. couldn't it like it you can have loads of stuff in a workplace that you're like oh this is actually really helpful but over the years those interactions have devalued it and it's now become a platitude mm. i wonder how much we can go in and go critically thinking when we brought this in it worked and it made a lot of sense we're in a different world now, a different time, and it's not working. Like I think a lot of platitudes maybe were brought in with the best intent, but now they're just a bit nothingy, and they're just words on lanyards or coffee cups. And just, or the just look around the room for the eye roll. Yeah. Like the people in the room will tell you. Yeah. Like you can feel it; it's palpable. Yeah, for sure. For so, sure. Um, Go on. So, uh, if we ask these people here, right, what are the three reasons why we should do health and safety? I would imagine, it depends who indoctrinated them. It'll be moral, <laughs> legal, and financial. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. Do you know they're all ethical? Legal is an ethical construct. Why should I follow the law? Is a mora is a, is morality, okay? Financial is motivated in ethics, utilitarian, consequentialist ethics. It's all ethics. Here, no speakers on ethics. Nowhere are we talking about ethics. Why? Because we don't know how to do it. So we'll put our fingers in our ears and do this. Ah! Uh, why? Thanks, thanks for that, Simon. Thanks for that, mate. Sorry. No, that's all right. I was waiting for the run. I was like, Jesus, we've only got like two minutes left. And he, he Simon hasn't, hasn't gone, he hasn't gone off yeah. yet. Sorry, I, I can do more rants if you want. <laughs> so essentially, I think what we've, what, I think for me, when we were talking about this and our prep and, and, and now listening to what we're talking about, the consistent kind of golden thread for me is bringing that critical thinking oh, for yeah. me. If we can just challenge a little bit more, don't just read a book and go, oh my God, that's the best thing ever. I don't give a crap who it's written by, like whether you're this side or that side. Just think critically about what did that book tell me? Um, what, what the work are we doing? Um, we've got like a, a minute left, so I don't know if there's any kind of closing comments that you think. For me, that would be the big one for me, critical thinking. Can we ask the group whether they think health and safety, the health and safety industry, would benefit from thinking philosophically? Hands up for yes. Interesting. Hey, Hands okay. up for no. Hands up for I just didn't want to put my hand up. 
<laughs> Simon's going to follow around all the nodes and be like, listen. He's like, yeah, black tie, white shirt, got <laughs> you. <laughs> um, Steph, any kind of closing comments? No, I, do you know what? You've really just made me think there because I'm, I'm definitely guilty of finding a new book and coming into the office and being like, Karen will know that I used to work with. You have to read this and you have to follow what this says because it's the best. Yeah. But actually, you're right. What I haven't done is taken that time to go, these are the four arguments, but actually I haven't really thought about where this won't work or who this won't really resonate with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to take that today. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, Lisa? Yeah, I'd probably, probably the same. I definitely get swept up in, in the fangirling of yeah. <laughs> all of that jazz, new books, new academics. Like, I've burst into that many meetings and be like, oh my God, safety difference. And they're like, calm the fuck down. You don't know what you're talking about. So yeah, definitely need to uh, take a beat. Yeah. But Todd critically. said, but Sydney oh, said. Oh my God, what all these yeah, people yeah. said. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think that if, if anything, we could all do better at that. 100%. Yeah. I'm the same. I fanboy Carsten Bush. He could tell me, jump off a mountain and I would be like, yeah, yeah, that's gone. how we do it. Yeah, that's just how we roll. <laughs> Um, so yeah, 100%. Uh, thank you very much uh, for the three you. of you. I hope you've all enjoyed that or at least got you thinking a little bit or laughed a little bit and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily reflect the position of the companies. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are examples only based on limited and dated open source information and should not be utilised in real life as the only solution available. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the companies. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic or otherwise, without prior written permission from James McPherson.